everybody. Welcome to Versus Pop Culture. My name is Richard. With me is Greg. Hello. And Johnny. Yes, sir. Hello, everybody. Uh, this is a new week, and we have got a really jam-packed show to you. Thanks to Johnny demanding that we watch a movie that no one, including him, wanted to watch. What are you talking about? I've watched it many times. You, you didn't. I refuse to believe that you watched this many times and still asked other people to watch it. As they say, payback is uh, what? You watched five minutes of John Dies at the end and then made me watch an hour and 39 minutes of the garbage Fantastic Four. Yeah, but um, that hour a lot of that credits. Hour 39 is still better than that five. No, it's not. Oh, 100% it was. Because you watched the hour 39. Yeah, and I watched John Dies at the End too. I'm, Trust me. I've anyway, spoken many professionals to help you with that. Moving on. <laughs> uh, before we get into the garbage crap that I was forced to watch, uh, let's talk about the things that we might actually be enjoying. So, what are you watching, reading, or listening to to pass the time right now? Yeah. I, uh, oh, oh, Greg, Greg, go ahead. Go um, I was watching. I watched the the documentary documentary for Deep Mind, where he played a uh, Go. It's on Alpha. It's yeah. It's on their what you call it their YouTube YouTube channel. Okay, who who are Deep Mind and what is Go? Oh, Deep Mind is the uh, AI Google made that's playing video games and things. So. And AlphaGo is the program they use to play the the ancient Chinese game Go. It's like an hour and a half, hour and a half, on like how this computer program beat the world, the uh, the best in the world at Go, because Go's like infinitely more infinitely harder to play than chess. Is the possibilities? It's crazy. <laughs> Like it, it did possibilities. It started doing these random moves and things like that, and it made the in the end it made the guy. I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it. Never mind. <laughs> but it's good. It, it's a good one to watch. It's because it's a little bit nerdy, and it makes you want to play Go, which is weird. Nice. Okay, so you said Deep Mind and Go, and I, honest to God, just assumed that there, it was something playing Counter Strike Go. No, you don't want this playing Counter Strike Go. I know that much, um, because it's beating the snot out of people. You know, being AI playing a game where you actually have to play strategy, where reaction time would be wrecked. But I already have computers beat the snot out of me now. What's the difference? <laughs> um, this one learned to do it versus being programmed to do it. Okay. So do you recommend it? Oh yeah, it just came. The uh, it just came out March thirteenth was the documentary. And where do you watch it at? Uh, it's on YouTube. It's on Deep Minds YouTube channel. Okay. Well, Jonathan, like, isn't there a whole series of movies that warn us about like making artificial intelligence? Did I miss that, or did oh, anybody are, else? There are literally dozens of movies. That recommend against it. Why are we still doing this? <laughs> like, someone needs to explain to me what this like. At what point, and then we're going to be like, "Oh, look, we can recreate dinosaurs, guys." 
we have 12 hours of cinematic coverage telling us time and time again why these things are a terrible idea. The last thing we need to do is introduce another apex predator that is not humanity. I mean, personal feelings aside, maybe it's not the worst thing. But, like, I am not ready for the T-1000. I mean... And that's what we're doing. Yeah, no, I, I know. It, it, it does kind of crack me up a little bit because... You know, every couple of years you'll hear like, you know, Bill Gates warns against, you know, artificial intelligence and, you know, all these other all these other people recommend against artificial intelligence. And then you'll still hear all these things about next step in artificial intelligence. And it's like, dude, do you listen to all the smart people saying not to do this? (laughs) Well, I know there are there are smart people deciding to do it, but. Yeah, if you watch that, it kind of brings a little bit of the argument in, by the way, on uh, why you would go different directions. So, Johnny, what uh, what did you watch this week? Um, I don't know why, but I actually started looking around. I think I've told you guys this before. I have a friend who provides programming to me as an awesome human being. And I was going through newly added editions and came across something called The Secret of Skinwalker, almost at Skywalker Ranch. Uh, So it's a compound out in Utah where allegedly all these super paranormal things have been happening. What they, (laughs) I can't get over it. They call them UFOs instead of just UFO. And like, these are people with PhDs. (laughs) So my argument has always been, a piece of paper on your wall does not make you smart. It just meant you were not dumb enough to fail. Because the people that get 50% get the same piece of paper as the people that get 98. Well, um, I I believe my favorite um, comment on that subject is, what do you call the person who graduated last in their class in medical school? Doctor. Doctor. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, anyway, get back to the show. Um, it's been really trippy. Um, just to give you some background, like there has been paranormal events that take place. They've actually shut it down from public access now. It's actually armed guards manning the property as well. So I, I don't want to spoil any of it. It's super preposterous. And I told you, Richard, last night when I was watching, I was like, I actually thought this was like a parody show. I didn't think it was serious. And then of course me being the person I am, I get going through different research grants, all this kind of stuff. And I find out this place is actually legit. Like they have, this is not a joke. This has actually been like a real thing where people have experienced wild stuff. Um, I want to talk about it, but I don't want to give it away. If you have any interest in like aliens, et cetera, or just like weird folklore legends, um, a skinwalker, is from Navajo tradition and it's they're shamanistic healers. It's essentially if they like turn evil, they turn into a creature that can become other animals and stuff. And like, there's been attacks on the property. People have allegedly seen this animal. Um, So it's like Harry Potter. Nope. (laughs) I would, (laughs) I'm not going to lose sleep watching Harry Potter, Greg. (laughs) And I can tell you right now, I did not sleep well last night after watching the most recent episode. So it's, it's a little hyperbolic. Like it's not bad, but 
and I mentioned this to you as well, Richard, like, it's so funny seeing people be like, this is a hoax, this isn't real, this is a hoax. Dude, we just had the Pentagon come out two weeks ago and admit there's UFOs. I, I really think we got to stop just like classifying these like extraordinary things happening as a hoax because the government literally came out and said, by the way, this is this is happening. So, yes, we have things visiting us that are not from this area. Uh, one of the cool things is that they were trying to figure out a magnetic field that was causing different things to happen. Um, and the way they triangulated it was blocking one of the tri readers where it picks up magnetic force, radiation, whatever. And as it turns out, the source of all the magnetic readings is 5,700 feet above ground at this location, hmm. which is about a mile. Um, yeah. And so they sent up a weather balloon and it's recording, recording, recording. Everything goes black and they can't find the balloon. Everything's gone. So they've, they've proposed that it's potential that there's a miniaturized black hole over top of this place. It's, I, I can't even, I cannot even explain to you. Like, it's just, it is kind of cheap. It's almost like B-movie status, D-movie status a little bit. But it's enough that I want to keep watching it. So I've actually really been enjoying it. Um, I'm kind of disappointed I didn't have the whole series available to binge. It was only the last six episodes. And I think the seventh, Richard, you said, is out this Tuesday. It's on History, 10 p.m. I will not be watching because Dark Side of the Ring is out at the same time. Uh, but yeah, man, if, if you're into like that kind of conspiracy type stuff, and I don't even think we can call it a conspiracy anymore because the government confirmed it. Um, yeah, dude, it's it's been fun. It's interesting. And no, not Skywalker. Skinwalker, which sounds super naughty and super terrifying at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so you say you recommend it then absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> okay um well i have not been watching that much this week um just due to just honestly being busy um but what i have been doing is i have been reading uh on the dc universe app the current run of nightwing um, I, I it's it's kind of interesting. Yeah, you know, I, I I've always been a big fan of the Dick Grayson character. Um, but he has had his issues over the years, um, with writing teams, etc. And I really felt like they were heading towards kind of a bad place when they shot him in the head and caused him to lose his memories. Um. <laughs> <clears throat> well, no, not exactly. Cause this is more along the lines where he's just like, yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. Um, but there, are, you know, give or take around 10 issues into that current storyline. Um, and it's gotten, you know, relatively interesting. Okay. Uh, and it's, it's not, it's not Wolverine and that like, he doesn't know that he's Nightwing and blah, blah, blah. Like all of the people have shown up from his life and they're all like, Hey dude, you need to wake up and do stuff. And they've all told him what his background is. Like this isn't some big mystery. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty decent. I've, I've, I've enjoyed it well enough. Um, and you know, the DC universe app being eight bucks a month and including, you know, basically every comic book I could possibly want to read. Um, yeah, it works out pretty well for me. 
Uh, so I would say that, yes, as of right now, I recommend it. What I don't recommend is the piece of garbage movie that we're going to spend the next few minutes discussing. I mean, I can't blame the movie. I will blame the director. Look, <laughs> the movie's the end result of that hack. Greg, <laughs> do you not agree you don't blame the gun, you blame the pol- person holding the gun? Yep. Thank you. Yeah, but this isn't blaming the gun. This is yeah, blaming totally the dead blaming body the that's left the over. Sucked. No, the director sucked. But you the don't... movie was a result of the director. Yes. You don't Not... blame the movie. You blame the director. Right. You know what? The only problem I really have with the movie is the guy chewing gum. <laughs> the the lead, uh, not Dr. Doom, the other guy. The Reed Richards. <laughs> Reed Richards, yeah. Where he was chewing gum. Like, just... He was in a he was in a containment suit chewing gum. Bruh. That's not how that stuff works. First of all, you if you're in containment areas, okay, you don't hold, chew gum. Hold on, hold on. We're we're, we're going to get to that. We're mm, tr- You can't me. give we're, me a nugget like that and then tell me we can't talk about it. God damn it. Fine. Go ahead, Richard, keep ranting. Oh, I took notes. <laughs> See? Notes. <laughs> Okay, so let's go ahead and hit up our local spotlight before we get into a review of 2015's The Fantastic Four. Local spotlight for this week out of Cincinnati is going to be Raymond's Pizza. Raymond's Pizza is located in wonderful Liberty Township. Uh, it is up kind of at the top of Liberty Township uh, where 129 meets 75. Um. Raymond's Pizza has been open throughout the entirety of the stay-at-home order because they do takeout and delivery. Um, and they're generally open till about 10 p.m. Um, it is, it, it honestly, it's a really great pizza place. Uh, it's If you're a fan of having a little saltier pizza versus, for example, La Rosa's having a little bit of a sweeter pizza, um, Raymond's Pizza hits that note perfectly. Uh, they've also got ridiculously good breadsticks, um, as well as hoagies and pasta. Um, I'm a huge fan of Raymond's. It's one of the places that we end up having a, at least a couple of family birthday parties every year. As my daughter just said, her birthday is coming up. Uh, I don't think we'll be having it there because, um, we're not going to be leaving the house for her birthday. Um, but if you're in the mood for a ridiculously good pizza or, you know, a meatball sub or a steak hoagie or a calzone even, uh, or pasta, it is a 100% recommend. Uh, they are on Yankee road in Liberty township. What do you norm? What's your go-to when you order from them? Uh, honestly, I'm just a big fan of getting a pepperoni pizza and then getting either a steak hoagie or a meatball sub. Uh, and then me and the missus will split the sub and we'll have a few pieces of pizza. Now, are you just a regular pizza guy or are you like thin crust, pan crust? What's your, what's your jam? I, I think that I've said, hold on. Julie wants to talk about her pizza, her favorite pizza. Go ahead. Get, get in close to the microphone. What about breadsticks? You like breadsticks? Mm-hmm. Okay. Only if there's no cheese. She only likes breadsticks if there's no cheese. Oh, I thought she was still talking about pizza. <laughs> okay. Go on, kiddo. I was like, wait a second. What? 
Um, anyway, uh, you know, honestly, I'm a big believer in I will eat pizza. So I will eat pizza if it has thin crust. I will eat pizza if it has thick crust. I will eat pizza if it has a medium crust. I don't care. Pizza is pizza, and it is delicious. I, I was more trying to get a handle for what their best option was in your mind. Uh, their best option, they only have one crust style of pizza. Oh, it's okay. A, it's a, it is a medium style crust. Um, it is not super thin. Um, it is cut in squares generally instead of being cut in triangles. Uh, so just to give people a heads up on that. Um, and they do, ha- they do have a gluten free crust. I have never tried it for, I am not gluten, um, allergic. Sensitive. Yes. Sensitive. You're not, a, you're not suffering from celiac disease is what you're telling me. Correct. Got it. Nice. Well, next time I'm uh, visiting, we'll have to do that. Yes, I am 100% for that. Um, <laughs> Johnny, you uh, you have any pizza places you'd like to recommend? Nope. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> I, I was about two minutes into the movie when I realized that I hated it. You're totally when, doing a Jim Cornette thing on this right now. This is I, hilarious. I pretty much am. Um, yeah, no, two minutes into the movie dealing with freaking stupid kid Reed Richards being a douchebag. Uh, the whole clobbering time being used on Ben Grimm to beat him. I mean... It, you took the thing's catchphrase and you made him adapt it from when domestic violence was being committed on him. It's kind of funny. No, it's not. <laughs> well, he's supposed to be a sympathetic character. That's how they elicited that response. You should make him sympathetic through the loss of his humanity from turning into a giant goddamn rock monster. <laughs> Who would not be want to be the giant rock monster? Granted, I mean, I, I, hell out. I can that. say that because I'm probably the only person on the planet to be like, yes, let's do that. So I'm okay with it. <laughs> these kids are in the year 2007 in fifth grade. <laughs> which means at the time the movie takes place, Reed Richards is supposedly 18 years old. Oh, he's a genius. Yeah, but Miles Teller can't pass for an 18-year-old. He can and did. But he didn't. But he did. You looked at him and went, oh yeah, he looks like he's about 18. Hey man, I don't know. Hormones, steroids, people age differently now. We can't judge. <laughs> Got you there, Richard. Okay, we're just gonna cut that part out. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> uh anyway. So I, I I don't I don't know, man. I'm sorry. I just I had I had trouble buying any of these people being 18-ish. Um I mean it Kate Kate Mara is I think 
around the same age as him. No, I'm sorry. She's even older. So she would have been 32 <laughs> when this movie came out. And again, I'm assuming that she was supposed to be an 18 year old, too. I, hold on. Did you complain about Toby Maguire being Peter Parker? Yeah. I don't yeah. remember at the time, honestly. Like, but that dude <laughs> looked like the old man for Six Flags dancing to Venga buses coming, getting people to go to the park. I, I, I honestly don't remember at that point in time. Anyway, okay, so okay. We'll we'll leave the grossly miscast ages out of it. Oh my goodness. Um so somewhere around here was the first time that I wrote fuck Josh Josh Trank in my notes. <laughs> Um, Who is he again? The director director and writer. Oh, but now you're willing to put the blame on him. The blame was always on him, but the movie, the you just blame the movie. Absolute, it's it's an end result of him. The garbage that was on screen was a result of him. (laughs) So I had to watch the garbage because of you. I didn't think the movie was that bad. Anyway, I don't know what you're bitching about the whole time. <laughs> you may have just stroked out, guys. I don't know if he did it or not. Everyone in this movie appears to be 13 years old. That's not a main lead. And that's part of what kind of killed me about it. Like, like when they're when they have all the people walking around in lab coats when they first enter the lab. Like, they are obviously actual 18-year-olds. <laughs> so then standing next to, like, Kate Mara and uh, Miles Teller, they appear to be, like, 12. <laughs> uh, so I did find that to be kind of funny. Um, so Victor Von Doom, country of origin, Latveria, as noted on the sheet of paper... Because that just had to be, you know, sh- it, Josh Trank was like, you know, they always say show don't tell. So instead of mentioning he's from a foreign country, let's just show it on a sheet of paper. That's different than telling, right? I didn't read it, so to make any difference to me. <laughs> no accent whatsoever for the first half of the movie. None. He he was full on Elizabeth Olsening this. He was just like. Oh, yeah, I got a good idea. Let's not use an accent at all until the halfway point of the movie where it will randomly appear. So to quote a really great Bad Religion song, this is like Robin Hood in reverse with Kevin Costner. Yeah, pretty much. I I was considering making the Robin Hood-Kevin Costner uh, comparison, uh, and I started writing, and I was like, "No, no, that's a little dated. Let's, let's Let's go with Elizabeth Olsen because her her Avengers accent goes in and out over the course of every movie. Oh, the Kofi Kingston syndrome. No, Kofi kept his accent, thank you very much. He was Jamaican until he didn't have to be anymore. (laughs) It's Lana. It's Kofi. It's pretty... (laughs) Vince and Josh Trank are pretty much the same person. Uh, Let's see. Uh, So about this point, I wrote down that Kate Mara and Miles Teller have the chemistry of a Coke that's been left out for a month open. Flat as shit. And I don't blame that on either of them. I blame that on how they were written and how they were directed. But it's the movie's fault. The movie is the end result, you son of a bitch! 
So if you burn toast, is it the toast's fault? No, but when I eat the toast, I'm going to go, this toast is bad. Damn Why you does toaster. this toast Damn suck you so much? I'm going to put the responsibility on the actual medium that caused this to happen. Damn yep. toaster. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I'm going to eat the rest of the toast and be like, well, I guess this toast did its best job it could. I'm going to be like, wow, this toast really sucks. And I'm going to throw it away. You're going to keep using the same toaster? You're going to keep using it. doesn't matter what bread you get after that because the toaster sucks. Yeah, and I'm going to throw that away too. (laughs) I'm going to throw away the toast and the toaster because none of it is worthwhile. The baby and the bathwater are both gone. (laughs) But the the baby (laughs) is bad and evil and Damien from the Omen. Uh, I'm going to do that. Um... I didn't like the fact that they excluded Sue from their plan to like go yeah. and be the first men to walk on on the planet. And I get because they probably assumed she would be too responsible and be like, no, but it really kind of sucked to me. Um, now, in the end, though, sorry, she still got the blast of energy. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, I like we're sitting there watching it and and. It, Amy suffered through it with me, although she quote unquote said, I didn't think it was that bad. So see, um, yeah, uh, it, she, she's sitting there going, where the hell Sue at? Why isn't Sue there? And I'm like, I don't know. This movie's goddamn awful. Why are we still <laughs> watching it? Um, so Victor did show up at that scene where they are going to the other dimension with an accent uh, that was his first accent of the movie. <laughs> Maybe he was doing that to act more American. And then he was slipping back into regular, like, oh, I can't hold back my accent anymore. So they see glowing goo on the ground. And their first answer is to go run over and put their hands in it. Yeah, makes sense. The transformation scene is among the hackiest things I've ever seen in my goddamn life. They beat the shit out of you over what they were doing to everybody. You know, just so happening to like see the human torch get caught on fire, Ben randomly getting hit by a bunch of rocks. Uh, and as Greg noticed, Mr. Fantastic chewing gum inside of his spacesuit. But. Doesn't that help with like inner ear pressure for people that have problems doing any sort of travel? It's instant travel, though. Yeah, but it's not like they have a precedent or a gauge by which to measure what the impact is going to be. Maybe he has a tough time on airplanes and he's like, well, this works when I'm on a plane. Devil's advocate. (laughs) Blame the director. You guys can't see the video as we record this stuff, but Richard's head just keeps further and further and further away from the camera and closer and closer to his desk. (laughs) I'm waiting for the thump. I don't think it's going to be the desk. It's very likely going to be Richard thumping me. It was so garbage. (laughs) It was so garbage. No, the, the conversion of the characters to like their super abilities is probably... I would have expected it from like it looked like one of those weird fast cut scenes from like Power Rangers in the nineties. 
where they just like light speed and then like focus on one little thing and then keep going. That's it's, it's it's bad. It's bad. Like it has no business being in like the year that this was released. Those effects had no business being in a theater. Well, and that's that's actually so. Uh, Amy's Amy's one comment, other than it not being that bad, was it reminded her of either The Flash or Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I can accept that because The Flash cost way less than $100 million to make 22 episodes. This cost $170 million to make an hour and 39 minutes of garbage. (laughs) So if the special effects in this are Flash level, that's not saying something negative about the Flash. Yeah, there was no burrito in well, no, he was chewing goddamn gum in a spacesuit, Greg. <laughs> Ten thousand calorie gum. <laughs> That's what Barry Allen needs. A highly calorically dense bubble gum. Problem so, solved. I stopped the movie at this point to check the timestamp because we were fifty minutes into the movie and they somehow had turned the first family of Marvel into a horror movie by showing everyone's you know, basically reactions and going into whatever testing they were going into. And there are certain aspects of that I can understand, but showing Johnny Storm on fire gratuitously for like, what, three or four minutes seems like a bit much. That that was like, that was the point where I just came to the realization that Josh Trank had no idea what he was doing. Because, look, I get it. The original Fantastic Four movies were a little too campy. You know, the fact that they had, what, a scene where they were all in quarantine and Johnny Storm put whipped cream on the thing's hand while he was sleeping and woke him up with a feather so he'd slap himself in the face mm-hmm. was a bit much. If you and, rock, do you really have the same nerve endings in your flesh that would make you feel tickly? Look, it, it was it, it was bad. I'm not arguing it was good. <laughs> but there is a fine line... Between we're going to show Johnny Storm playing pranks on Ben Grimm for five minutes while playing, if I remember correctly, Cotton Eye Joe or the Hamster Dance song. They're basically the same thing. One or the other in the background. Um, And we're going to show a man screaming on fire for three minutes. I'm sorry, that scene had no business to being there. It's fair. Hey man, I never told you it was a good movie. Watch worse. But let's let's just give people a quick background. Why did we end up watching this? I I was waiting for the point where we were going to get to that. We st- we watched this because Josh Trank has decided as his new Capone movie comes out that he needs to go on basically a PR tour telling everyone that this is not his fault. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's basically it, right? Yeah. I, I I sent it to you a couple, like a week or two ago. And it took me, what, 10 seconds to respond to you and be like, I want to punch this guy in the throat over and over and over again? Yeah, basically. I think that was actually the PG version of what I said I wanted to do. Um, also, that was a terrible surprise. Rented Capone, real excited, 
love Tom Hardy. What's the second name to come up when the credits are rolling at the beginning of the film? Josh Trank. Turned it off. I did. It's, I won't even sit to watch Tom Hardy's performance in that film because of Josh Trank. There it is. Okay. Sorry. I had to find the original, um, the thing that I sent you. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to even read it again. We will share uh, it on our social media pages. I don't think we need to really go into it because it's nobody. <laughs> we'll talk about the film and then let people decide why what he said was. I get it, dudes. His dog died during filming, right? Was that the dude, big one? I'm sorry. That is the most horseshit excuse I have ever heard. I please, please don't get me wrong. I love my dog, and <laughs> I have recently been coming to terms with the fact that my dog is 10 years old and has cataracts. I I know that that we are on the downward slope of his life. Right. Uh, to the point where, like, I even I was talking to my wife recently, and I was just like, you know that we're never going to get another dog, right? And she was just like, what do you mean? And I'm like, when Oliver moves on, that's going to be it for us because I, I can't deal with this. Like, I hate the fact that he has cataracts right now. It's showing me his mortality, and I, 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 can't, I can't go through this again. Yeah. But I am goddamn sorry. Yeah. Your dog dies, you don't throw away a three month shoot because of it. Yeah. You you can't phone in the next three months of your life, regardless of how shitty it is. And it is shitty. And I feel awful for him that it happened. And and let's let's speak completely honest. He didn't. That's his excuse. That's 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 his the only thing he can come up with to try to justify how he made such a garbage movie. He's like, oh, my dog died. It really put me into a, a really fucking tough spot for the next. How long did we shoot for? Three <laughs> months. Yeah. But no, he he basically he full on admits he had a friend of his uh, who had worked with him previously, who got involved with this movie with him as his writer, Jeremy Slater. And Jeremy Slater wanted to make a Fantastic Four movie. Jeremy Slater was a big fan of the Fantastic Four comic books. Josh Trank was not. Jeremy Slater would come to him with all of this different stuff about, you know, fighting aliens, fighting all the different shit that... Uh, Fantastic Four fight, and quote-unquote, Josh just did not give a shit. Yeah. He so said he didn't want to make... He didn't want to make a film based on the comics. Yeah. He yeah. got, quote-unquote, you know, paranoid about Slater's um, Slater's involvement to the point where he would have the studio would ask Slater to crank out another draft of the script. He would, and then Trank would not deliver most of them. <laughs> and he would only tell uh, Slater about certain notes that were received. Yeah. So Slater ended up figuring out that he didn't see 95% of the studio notes. And Trank wouldn't let him speak to Fox without Trank present. 
<laughs> if anyone's ever wondering what Napoleon Complex is, this is a prime example. And I don't mean in a literal sense, more factual, in that Trank in relation to the guy who actually cares about the properties, knows the characters, knows the universe, knows everything about it, is diminutive in size. And so he tried to pump himself up to be bigger than the people that were actually brought on to help save the film, which didn't work because Richard's only a third of the way through it by now. <laughs> so Trank is, is so goddamn paranoid in part because he cast Michael B. Jordan as uh, Johnny Storm. And there was supposedly death threats posted on IMDb. Which, I mean, let's be honest, it probably happened. There are a lot of fanboys who are absolutely goddamn psychotic. Yeah. But he was so paranoid, he started sleeping with a gun. <laughs> I mean, th there's a point where he needed to leave this movie for his own sake. And he didn't. And then the studio, basically, my understanding is... They didn't fire him per se, but they all butt fired him. Yeah. And they ended up bringing in an editor um, who did his cuts of the movie. When they came to the realization that they didn't have a decent movie, they brought in a couple of the producers to oversee production on the final few pages. And he, I mean, this is the only thing that he said in this entire thing that honestly feels like it has any sort of reality is when he was talking about how Fantastic Four reached a peak of its turmoil and he was signed on to direct a Star Wars movie. He said, I quit because I knew I was going to be fired if I didn't quit. <laughs> that is honestly the only thing in here that seems like there's some semblance of reality behind it. Yeah. Now, the, the dude... I mean, he basically, like, like, like you said, we'll post this whole thing, but what was honestly the most shocking about it was the fact that, I mean, we're now five years later, he's got another movie coming out, and he doesn't sound like he has taken any responsibility for the travesty that I was forced to pay $4 to watch. I take no responsibility for this at all. I've heard that before. I, I just, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, it, it, it doesn't matter at this point. We've already watched it. So, um, God, I really do still have a lot of notes, and I don't want to spend that much more time on this movie. No, just Greg, a, a, I want to know what Greg thought. Just yeah, like, go ahead, please. <laughs> Give Richard a chance to breathe and get that blood pressure back under 180 over 90. I yeah, I didn't think the movie was that bad. You know, I've watched worse movies. But the uh, the thing that drove me nuts was when he was chewing gum in the suit. And then <laughs> when Doctor Doom was uh, tied down after he like they brought him back, the guy that went in to talk to him, I don't remember the the government guy. Hank, if I remember correctly. Hank, yeah. He was chewing gum the whole time. Yep, that doesn't really happen in those type of situations. Like nobody else was doing it, but he was walking around like and like he was a badass. 
Like Greg, bruh. when's the last time you were strapped to a table? No, oh, the yeah, guy in the suit. facility. We 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 don't kink shame here, Richard. Come on now. Right. <laughs> Leave me alone, Richard. <laughs> the whole point is, in in areas where you know there's things that you can catch, you don't put on, you know, lip gloss, chew gum, things that re- retain. Like right now, with all the shits going on, you shouldn't be chewing gum. Using lip gloss, so stuff will stick to your lips. No, sorry. Maybe just me has been near infectious diseases before. But it just drove me nuts when I saw it. Would you say that, like, how well do you know the characters involved in this film? Or the I don't source know material? I've so, none. Stepping back with, like, that kind of objective viewpoint on it. Mm-hmm. If it was just, you know, he came up with these characters and he made this film, would you have an issue with it? No, it was fine. Now, I haven't seen Chronicles, so I can't speak to it. I don't know what that film was like. Apparently, people enjoyed it. Um, but as someone who is <laughs> heavily and very emotionally invested in the characters that were in this film, like, I, I have no idea what this movie was. I, I just don't. It's other than using the names and some of the likeness. I don't know what this was. Right. I, I, I can't even, I can't even realistically tell you that this was just a different take on an alternate storyline of an offshoot of a comic based on these characters. That's how far removed this whole thing was from what was going on. Yeah. So, so unfortunately, I, I can't see it from Greg's perspective. I really can't because I have read the Fantastic Four since I was a kid. I love the characters. I love everything about it. So, I mean, it's maybe bias is a bigger factor here. Um, I haven't watched this with Ashley yet. This is going to be one of the films that we do need to watch to finish up our current let's get through all the comic book films ever made. We haven't even touched the early 2000s, late 90s stuff yet. That's t- yeah, <laughs> I'm I sorry. That one. You're I'm not. I'm not. Watch Ghost Rider. I'm not emotionally equipped to go through that again. And it's okay. Nicolas Cage, so you and I both know I'm not watching it. Uh, yeah. Admittedly, Ghost Rider Two is at least kind of funny because it has the directors <laughs> from the Crank movies. Nope. Uh, <laughs> Which was a funny movie. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. Um, at this point, I apparently just started writing everything, followed by is garbage behind it. <laughs> um, such as Victor's mouth not moving. I mean, I kind of get like they're trying to give him the Doom mask, but the most awful garbage looking version of the Doom mask that you could possibly do. Well, and it's, but, it's not like Doom's mask isn't one of the most iconic visuals in all of Marvel history, because it is. I mean, not only that, but (laughs) Doom's mask is a mask. It is in front of a working mouth. Well, mostly. It is. It's in front of, I mean, it's a scarred and horrific looking mouth, but it's a (laughs) mouth. Did Doom die at the end? Sorry. Yeah, Doom died at the end. (laughs) Okay. No, John did. Sorry, I was just was one of those things. Like, isn't he like one of the 
one of the biggest villains of the Fantastic Four, and it killed him off in the first he movie. Is, brother, He's probably he one of the biggest one of villains the biggest in Marvel. Marvel. Yeah, there you go. That's that. Like, and they killed him. Nice. Like it, it is. Favorite. It is not a joke to say Victor Von Doom will be an Avengers level villain. He already is. Here's what kills me about him in the comics. He's the only villain that is not in a prison that they know where he is, but it is so horrendous to even think about trying to go after him in his castle that they won't even do it. He's, he's what Ultron should have been. And I still maintain Ultron should have had a couple more W's in age of Ultron than he did. Cause that dude killed a ton of people. Uh, let's see. I then said that Victor's entire appearance is the height of garbage. I then said <laughs> Reed's speech that he gives to try to motivate people is garbage. As garbage as Captain America whispering Avengers Assemble instead of yelling it? No, it's more garbage because Reed it, Reed's speech basically amounts to, I don't really feel like working on this anymore, so we're all just who we are now. Uh, Johnny, you get to shoot flames and fly. Uh, hey, Sue, you get to fly and turn shit invisible. Me, I'm stretchy. Oh, by the way, Ben, you're a giant rock monster. It's going to make children cry just for looking at you. Sucks for you, but this is how we are now. So let's go fight the bad guy. <laughs> there wasn't a lot to redeem this film at any point. And then Ben yelled, it's clobbering time. So when Ben, who is now a giant rock monster with a hideous appearance, whose eyes are way too far apart. <laughs> oh, we can't when, judge people based on that. Come on now. It's I'm talking about the freaking rock monster, not the actual dude. Don't, don't be speciesist. But when Ben finally gets in there and is like, I'm going to go fight this guy, he yells the thing that he was abused during. He's paying I, it back. But <laughs> we're taking it back. <laughs> uh, we're going to be Richard Stroke reason. If anybody hasn't seen Clerks 2, please go back and watch it so you understand that reference. Yeah. <laughs> Can that so be anyway. our watch thing to watch this week? Freaking Clerks 2. I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, we could do that. That sounds like a good idea. Anyway, um, they then, they at the very end of the movie, say it's fantastic. And it was one of the hackier things to happen in the movie. And that says so goddamn much. It felt like that was pulled out of the other films. Like, that's how campy it was. I mean, it's just... They're there. They're like, what should we call ourselves? And Johnny Storm and the Stormettes or whatever was like kind of funny. But then, you know, Johnny Storm naming the thing by being like, why don't we call ourselves the three guys and the thing nobody wanted? It was like, we, we haven't seen any animosity between the thing and Johnny Storm this entire movie. Why is Johnny Storm just, you know, sandbagging the thing with that type <laughs> of dick comment? <laughs> um... And but then you know then the thing being like it's fantastic and then Reed being like what did you say like but you heard me sorry it was so bad so bad 
Uh, this is now, I believe, my third time that I wrote Fuck You, Josh Trank. <laughs> um, and uh, this is my last comment I'm going to make on it. You all can have whatever your final say is after this. You know how on Amazon Prime they come up with recommended viewing after you're done watching something? Mm-hmm. It's like, here's what you should watch next. Recommended viewing was Daredevil. <laughs> and I feel like that says everything we need to know about it. And I think I even told you when this initially came out <clears throat> after I left the theater, because you know, I paid 20 bucks to see this. Here's, here's the best part. Do you remember the only film I've ever walked out of the theater on? Dumb and Dumber 2. I sat through this. <laughs> I sat through this. So I will still maintain the worst film that has ever been made is Dumb and Dumber 2. Because it's the only film that I have not been able to even stomach sitting through Netflix, on TV, free rental, friend's house, on the TV at the tattoo parlor, on the TV at the lot, like just anywhere. I can still watch this film. I'm not happy about it, but I can still watch it. And I think I told you after I saw this, it felt like they pulled this out of that era of we're not quite there yet before Marvel Studios. That's what this felt like. No, I... And it was a prime example of why, and I get people are really like, Marvel's so formulaic, all their films are the same. They're good. (laughs) Like, if they follow a formula and a pattern, I don't care. Most comics do. You're, You're not unique in this criticism. If it works and it gets people to the films and it does justice to the characters, I don't care if it's the same thing every time. Because it's still something that I will go and watch. And I will argue that they are not the same films. There's commonalities that's going to happen. When there's an overriding body in place that controls what's happening within that set universe, you are going to find common threads between each film. It happened in Guardians of the Galaxy. It happened in Age of Ultron. There's little threads that bind. But I will say that this felt like, from start to finish, a film that came out before Marvel Studios got its start. And yes, I'm not going to be so incredulous as to say I wasn't appreciative of the fact that some of those characters that I grew up reading were on screen. It's like what Kevin Smith used to say about Batman. He's like, was it good? No. Did I enjoy it? Yeah. He's like, at the end of the day, who cares? It's fucking Batman on the screen. You know what I mean? The problem is that wasn't Fantastic Four on the screen. No, and it wasn't. That was... There was... I don't know. Four people that vaguely looked like the Fantastic Four. Yeah. But it was... I I, I wrote this in my notes. I didn't bring it up. But since you brought up paying $20 to see it, this movie made $170 million at the box office. That means that somewhere in the range of 10 to 15 million people paid money to watch this in a theater. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, that is, I don't know. It, it was, it was bad. Greg, what are your thoughts? I already told you how I thought about it. That okay, was you're... fine. Okay. Well, um, I mean, honestly, that's, that's pretty much all we got. Um, Would this prevent you from seeing another reboot? No. 
No, because it can't be better I than that one. Apparently, just saying. Yeah, because is, is have... Marvel taking it over? Yeah, they have. They've gotten control of the properties again. Well, there you go. Now it'll just be another knockoff Marvel movie, and we'll be good. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm joking. I I think it'll be good. I watched all the Marvel movies. No, I I think I think Marvel has a chance to do this justice. Um, it's going to be better than any of the other garbage that gets put out. Uh, that got put out in the early two thousands, like you said. I mean, it's kind of funny. I remember a friend of mine at one point when Blu-ray was like really becoming a thing. Um, he made a point to start buying all of the like Fox and Sony Marvel movies on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. And he, he even came to me at one point cause he was buying, I want to say ghost rider. And he's like, my goal is to buy all of the Marvel movies on Blu-ray. <laughs> and I just remember looking at him and looking cause they were all in one little section. And I was just like, why would you want to own any of those movies on Blu-ray? <laughs> because now you can get all them all. Of them. You get them all in those like four in one cases now. <laughs> Yeah. Remember, it was like the bin at Walmart. Now you can get like all of them on two discs. <laughs> so, yeah, but I mean, he was paying thirty bucks a pop. Yeah. Oh man. No. For Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer. And it's so funny because think about that now. How many Blu-rays did you buy last year? Uh, virtually none. I I buy almost everything on Amazon now. See, I think. Oh, I may have bought three last year. And I think it was all the Star Wars ones, just so I could like round out and say that I had the entire collection. Which uh, was stupid, yeah. because now for 250 bucks you can get the whole thing. Right. Idiot. So, uh, anyway, that's that's really all that we've got to kind of say there. Uh, thank you for listening. I hope that you enjoyed our uh, take on the Fantastic Four. Richard, how can they get a hold of us this week to let us know what they'd like to hear on the next episode? Uh, you can hit me up on at Richard Versus. Hit Johnny up on. Uh, Johnny Rudo, or I am usually on our Twitter account as well as our Facebook page. And Gregory. I'm at Woe Gregory. And have a good week, everybody.